he that composes himself is wiser than he that composes a book. Our good friend, Benjamin Franklin. You're listening to Podnuts Pro, your podcast for business IT support. And now, your host, Marvin B. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Podnuts Pro. And as per usual, I am your host, Marvin B., coming at you live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yes, there is a hurricane. Well, let's not call it a hurricane yet. There is a tropical storm named Fred that is hovering out in the Caribbean. Yes, I am watching. And yes, we are hoping that it continues to move west and deal with people like my good friend, John over on the West Coast and our new Florida man, Mike, but we will talk about that later. Tonight, we have the second in our series, Getting Back to Basics. I have my good friend Dave Sobel on the show tonight. He is sitting in the green room, patiently waiting. Many of you might remember him from his days. Well, he's done a lot of things. He was an MSP owner. He was part of SolarWinds in that conglomeration of companies. He is now the host of MSP Radio, the Business of Tech podcast. He also co-hosts a podcast called Killing It. He is doing a lot, a lot of things. And yes, he is a DJ, and we will probably talk about that this evening. So let's get right to some of the announcements here. If you are new to the show, Podnut Pro is your podcast for business IT support. Basically, what we do is we come on here and we share stories, products, and tips all in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. If you ever want to find out anything else about the show that you don't hear while we're talking, head over to podnutspro.com. Podnuts is spelled with a Z, P-O-D-N-U-T-Z-P-R-O.com. There you will find all the back catalog of shows. You will find a blog page, you will find some other stuff, including a contest that we are doing during the month of August. If you click on the tab at the top of the page that says STS giveaway, it will take you over to the page where you don't have to buy anything. All you do is put in your name and email address. And the reason we ask you for the email address is so that if you win, we can let you know and know where we need to send the products. I have updated the page. We actually have more prizes on there. We have a couple of $50 gift cards. We have signed copies of Alan Weinberger's book, The Doctor's In. We have, let's see. Oh, I got this delivered today, or actually yesterday. This is an Arachnus VPN gigabit firewall that... Uh, somebody was kind enough to donate. I will be listing all of the sponsors and donators later, and we will be getting a link sprinter. So we've got five prizes right now. There may be more. I will update them on the site as things go on, but please head over there and sign up. There's also some questions that you can help me 
understand the listenership, things that I can do to make the show better, things that I can stop doing that make the show worse. I hope that you would uh, fill out those questions there and uh, go on. I also want to make sure we announce TechCon Unplugged this September in Chicago, Illinois. Our good friends over at MSP Unplugged, Jeff, Paco, and John will be hosting that event. It is going to be a fantastic weekend. TechConUnplugged.com. I will have that in the show notes. And if you head over there, folks, there are still tickets available. The tickets are only $199, and everything is included. And when I say everything, I'm talking, well, not your travel and accommodations. That you have to do. But all of the sessions, including a special bonus session, which is on Friday from 12 to 4, the Microsoft 365 Boot Camp, included. All of the Saturday sessions, all of the Sunday sessions, all of your food There will be delicious meals provided for you. There is a dinner Saturday night at a place across the street called Five Roses Pub. That is included. Folks, it is going to be a fantastic weekend of living and learning and hanging out with your friends. And we're going to talk tech and share stories and tips and tricks and all sorts of things. So head over to TechCon Unplugged. Get your ticket if you haven't. If you have gotten your ticket, I will see you there September 17th through the 19th in Chicago. I want to thank, oh, I want to give a special thanks. We had some very nice donations uh, over the past month. We have uh, some patrons I want to say thank you to, John, Ramey, Jason, Tom, Jason, And we haven't had some people give by PayPal, Diana, Kyle, Marius. I want to thank you so very much. That is going to help me do a lot of good things, such such as the contest that we're doing and some other stuff. And, John, yeah, I see you talking about that weekend rainstorm. And, uh, yes, Tropical Storm Fred is right now in the Caribbean, headed John's way on the West Coast. But – We are in the cone of concern. It could jog left or right anyway, and I'm sure I'll be talking to Mike Smith and helping him navigate all of the hurricane preparation that he needs. So let's see. Any other announcements? I think we're doing pretty good. Yep, we're good. All right. We will not be editing out dead air. Let me go ahead and bring on our guest. I mentioned earlier Dave Sobel. MSP Radio, host of the Business of Tech podcast. Dave, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Marvin. It's always great great fun to catch up and riff and talk tech and yeah, whatever you want to talk about. It's, it's been a while for us. It's been, I think it's been about a year. It has been about a year, I think, because it was sort of mid-summer COVID last time I think we talked. Yeah, COVID wreaked havoc on a lot of things, including our schedules. And uh, But I, the last time you were on, I believe, was the Diversity podcast. Thank you very yep, much we were for talk- doing that. We- yeah, but it's an ongoing topic. You know, we still obviously do that. That is a long discussion we're going to have over multiple years. <laughs> yep, I'm still having them. I'm having them every month. As a matter of fact, I'm having a personal uh, session every month with some people um, where we can sit and ask questions. It's not broadcast. It's not recorded. And it gives people the freedom to ask and say whatever they want and help each other, you know, learn to get along. Yep, that's that's the key. <laughs> so. 
How have things been for you? So the business of tech, you guys are doing good. I, you're still putting out shows every day. Got some bonus sessions going. Got a nice little uh, video section going. Um, I, I'm having such fun doing it. I really appreciate that the audience is, has grown so much, continue to grow. I'm a, you know, it's a top 100 tech news podcast. It's a top 2000 global reach podcast. Like things are going really well from that perspective. People can catch it both on, of course, audio version. And then there's a weekly version available as a video that comes out every Friday on YouTube. So however people want to get catch the show, they can get it. And I dive into news stories with analysis uh, each and every day. Yep. And they're all very uh, relevant stories, including the one you did a couple of days where people are not happy with their bandwidth. <laughs> bandwidth is such an issue. And like, I always start from the perspective of like, for me, bandwidth is a, uh, I think it's becoming a utility. I think it's the same way we think about water and electricity, but from a IT support perspective, the more bandwidth that we can get out nationwide, infrastructure-wise, this opens up new areas to sell, to deliver services into. It allows you to deliver more services. Like I think everybody should be thinking this is a big deal to make sure that we're addressing broadband availability. Well, we have to. I mean, how many of our services depend on it? And now that we're, right. you know, we're being pushed to the cloud with just about everything, you know, people are okay with their email in the cloud. They're understanding now voice over IP is a thing, but now all of their applications are starting to go there. And, you know, sometimes there's only so much bandwidth. Right. And so, you know, from my perspective, if the market is not getting enough out there, we've got to do our bit to drive that forward. And, you know, for those of us that deliver services, we want that foundational level to be really good so that we can sell our services on top of it. Yep. Hear that, Comcast? I talk about it all the time. My Internet here at my office is so Comcastic. We might lose connection during this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just muddle through. But but this is and what's interesting is this opens up like I mean we can get into the whole municipal internet, private low, you know smaller private regional uh, providers. There's so many interesting options about the way this is working and the way that it's opening up that I think you know that that the market is sort of self correcting. And again, for those of us in IT support, this should be a big issue that we're pushing on regulators to help us do better in. That is true. Well, before we get too far into it, let me ask you, how's your weather up there? <laughs> well, we had a rainy tornado day ourselves today, really? but it's uh, I live just outside D.C., so it's uh, our version of it and your version of it are very, very different things. <laughs> I deal with an hour of heavy rain and some winds, and then I'm back to normal. So it's uh, we're, we're doing all right, though. It's been a beautiful summer. I've been, been outside a lot and enjoying it. All right. Well, good. So we are in the midst of hurricane season, as you heard earlier. And, you know, we have days where it is sunny and hot and then afternoon showers. And then we have to worry about the occasional tropical storm and hurricane coming through. So that is uh, that is my life for the next couple of months. Well, so. you know, if, and so I'm way I'm writing out the last of summer before falls fall rolls in. So it'll be, uh, you know, it, I'm, it's a good time actually to be in, in D.C. Metro. All right. Good for that. Well, let's quickly move along and let's get a little news out of the way and then we'll get into our topic. That wasn't the button I wanted to hit. So we are <laughs> going to go in the news. Oh, I need an editor. Amazon plans to make it easier to file complaints about defective third party products. Amazon updated its A to Z guarantee returns policy 
to better support customers with personal injury or property damage claims against third-party sellers. In a change from the firm's laissez-faire attitude towards external vendors, Amazon will soon take on the role of facilitator between disgruntled customer and original merchant. Starting September 1st, folks can complain to Amazon customer service, which will review submissions via internal and external fraud and abuse detection systems. Assuming the claim is deemed valid, Amazon will reach out to the seller. If a seller does not respond to a claim, Amazon will step in to directly address the immediate customer concern, bear the cost ourselves, and separately pursue the seller. The firm will cover certified cases under $1,000 at no cost to the seller and is prepared to pay some higher amounts, quote, if the seller is unresponsive or rejects a claim we believe to be valid. And I know this is going to be something that many customers will love because Amazon, they used to always accept everything and take care of everything and some changes. They haven't been doing that. So that should be a welcome change. And they, they, they've done a good job of muddling the line a little bit. Is it a third-party seller? Is it Amazon Direct? That's mm-hmm. the platform that they offer. And then the offshoot of that is, is if there's a third-party seller not doing a good job, how do you handle it? And, that's, right. and for anybody from a, a provider perspective, I'd look at this and say, like, look, this is the lesson for you is you're viewed as the complete solution. It doesn't matter who else you're, you're bringing in. You're the complete solution. Same way that customers look at us if we send a subcontractor. Hey, your your person, you sent them. Exactly. So remember that. You're the always the brand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for our second story, Dave, I'm going to let you choose the okay. Florida man story. I have story number one, story number two. One is good. One is bad. So pick a number. Let's go with two because it's always more interesting that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll read the heading for number one. A Florida man's funeral turns into vaccination and testing ground in his memory. So that's the one you did not choose. Very good news. The one that you did choose, Florida man arrested after biting off part of tourist's ear at Key West Hotel. Of course he was. (laughs) A Florida man was arrested after biting off part of a tourist's ear during a fight at a hotel in Key West. James Lynn Williams, age 45, of Port St. Lucie was arrested after the incident early last Thursday at the Ocean's Edge Resort and Marina. Williams was with three tourists, one man and two women at the time of the altercation. He was pushing one of the women who was passed out and in a wheelbarrow back to the hotel room while insulting her and pouring beer on her. The male tourist told Williams he was being disrespectful and Williams became combative and started fighting with the group. He not only pushed the women to the ground, but he also pushed the man down, choked him and bit off part of his ear. Officers arrived at the scene and found the man bleeding with a part of his ear missing, but no life-threatening injuries were reported. He was charged with aggravated battery, battery by strangulation, and two additional counts of battery. There. You can't make these up. It's cannot your, make these it's up. your Florida man story. <laughs> so that is uh, our in the news segment today. Yeah. So not only can you not make them up, I know that you. Oh, where did I see you? You were on. You were on Tech Bar recently. 
I've been on Tech Bar recently. Yes, it's good. Good fun. Those guys are good fun. Yeah, and those guys, and I know one is from here, so I can't fault him for it. But you guys try to, or that it's not you guys. They do a segment, Florida man or not. <laughs> they do, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. They're trying to trick people with real Florida headlines or fake Florida headlines. They're too hard to tell. <laughs> Go with the more outrageous one. Yep. All right. So let us get to our version of Back to Basics. And let's start with a while back. And I'm going to have to ask you this in mm -hmm. two different segments. So you have been an MSP. Correct. You worked on the vendor side. Also correct. You're now this kind of independent. I don't even know. I like to say I like to journalist. say analyst, analyst, journalist. Okay. So yes, that's the way that I. I so my what I always sort of say is is there needs to be somebody who's sticking up for the solution provider who's viewing the news from that perspective but can also be independent of it. I'm not in it, so I can comment on it and give insights and advice without having to be involved in it at the same time. I think that that's what a good analyst does. And so that's what I'm trying to deliver for IT providers. Okay. So with that in mind, not only do you tell news and, you know, tell us what's happening in the channel and why should we care, right. but you also <laughs> give us your opinion on how things should be. And as we <laughs> I do. Well, so it's an interesting way to put it because I actually think this is important is is I give my perspective and what I think an option is, because like, one of the things that, that for me, I don't think because of my experience, I can answer for every MSP or for every IT provider because the answer isn't always the same and there isn't one answer. But I do say, but I think it's worth having an opinion and offering it. And here's the why of my opinion. And I'm the first one to always say that if you disagree with me, I am totally okay with that. Because what you've done is you've made an informed decision based on the data I've presented and come up with a different conclusion. That's totally fine by me. I'm not in this to be right. I'm in this to have a healthy discussion about what we're seeing to make choices based on that. Okay. So let's start with that and talk about, you know, you've had a couple of shows where you've talked about how you would start an MSP today. And that right. was, that was kind of right at the beginning of COVID. I mm -hmm. know that you put yeah. something out in October that was a little bit different than what you started with. And the way I'm trying to ask this question is, COVID has kind of caused a shift where yes. a lot of people were displaced from their corporate jobs or, you know, dismissed from a larger MSP or whatever. And so they're trying to start their own MSP. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a segment of people that are trying to flee and say, I'm done with this. <laughs> right. I'm done with this. Um, so I wanted to ask, where do you stand today as, you know, should people be starting an MSP today? And then we'll, do part two. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I, in a way I almost know where you're going because it's like, I've did one piece. This is, well, this is what I would start today. And then I did another piece. This is don't start an MSP. <laughs> right. right. And so, so because, but I view them as very complimentary because so, so let me tell you the, the, the first piece, when I did this piece around don't uh, start, how would I start an MSP today? I believe to my core that the core value of an, of a small IT services provider is to deliver technology guidance to 
small businesses. I think that core value has not gone away and will not go away. Now, that said, that business might look very different and the services you deliver within it might be very different than they used to be. Like I, I started my first MSP in, in 2002, right? So that was the business that I launched and I did it for a decade. I would not found that business in 2021 or 2022. I don't think you can. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a different landscape. So, so that's important to recognize that you, the things you might launch today are different. One of the, when I did my, uh, so, so for example, my, my, what would I start today business? I would start with a very key value proposition of being in somebody's business layer, like focusing on delivering a solution in an industry where I can deliver something that makes them better. Uh, my example was, so I'm, I'm in the DC Metro, right? DC Metro, great area for lobbyists and associations, which are generally a not-for-profit style space, right? So for me, I know there's a ton of those here. So I would say I want to, I already have some experience in not-for-profits, so I would focus there. And I would understand that not-for-profits are often about raising money or serving membership. So I would build expertise in the systems that help them do that. Like, are they a membership organization? Can I help them drive better membership through the use of technology? And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes from that, right? The, the I've got to secure it. I've got infrastructure, like all that. But the core value is going to be, can I help them be better at delivering for their membership? That's where I'd start from. Most people, when I talk to IT services people, they start with like, well, I'm going to help people with their desktop or I'm going to build help desk support or I'm going to like run backups and do patching. And I look and go and my, my message is, is that's all secondary. That's all the after stuff. The really valuable stuff, the, by the way, the stuff when I say valuable, meaning I can charge a lot of money for, <laughs> is this stuff in the bit that helps them drive their business. That's where I start the conversation of if I was starting a MSP or an IT services business today. Okay. So that differs from what a lot of people perceive as the, the, the base. Where you start is around your RMM your PSA, your patching, all that yep. low-hanging fruit, and then you add on as right. secondary. I, so you're saying start the I, other way around. I totally disagree, right? And this is where – this is my point, right, is, is that the stuff everybody starts on, it's kind of all the same. You're not – you don't look any different from your competitors or from anybody else that does that because you're offering the same thing. Everybody says – well, I'm going to help patch. I'm going to help run your system. I'll keep the back. Like everybody does that. Right. So why are you any better for my business? Why should I engage with you? Because everybody does that. <laughs> and it's a very inward view of the, of the solution, right? And if you're in the business of serving your customer, start with the customer. What does the customer need and why do they need it? Well, it also kind of hurts that if everybody's doing the same things, that's what's driving the prices down as we commoditize a lot of those things. Well, if you can patch and you can do a backup, you, what's the cheapest you can do that? As well, a, as if, that's all, if that's all you do, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? 
If that's all you do, if you have a specialization in, oh, I'm going to help you drive 10% more members. Oh, we're going to work together and I'm going to, I know everything about your manufacturing process and I know all the software there and we're going to tune, like we're going to work together on business process. You're going to do 5% more sales, 10% more sales. Not everybody's saying that. (laughs) Not everyone is having those conversations. That's high value stuff. But are those conversations we as MSPs know how to have? Learn. (laughs) I know we say that, but is there anybody in the industry that's teaching us that? I mean, I've, you know, some of those things I've looked at books and read. I've looked at non-computer industry books to learn how other leaders are doing it. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. This is is my, but this is my point is, is, Everybody's spending all this time worrying about the RMM, the PSA, the backup solution. Who who cares? Go learn the partner program for that industry piece of software and take their training. Get good at their stuff, right? That's the that's the the difference bit. Like and again, if I if I'm looking at this very broadly, get good at Salesforce. Like like for some some businesses, it's going to be Salesforce. Be really great at that, and then build on top of you know build that business on top of that. That's just one example, right? It could be if you're in medicine, it could be something like all scripts, where you're in in uh, you know in patient data information. For me, and not for profits, there's several se- several systems that that do that management. It's start there and get into the business layer. Or by the way, one of the areas that I focus on broadly is the idea of get really great at Microsoft 365. And I'm not saying be really good at the email portion. I'm saying be really good at teams, at that Microsoft workflows, at business intelligence, like the ability to string those systems together and give some really great insights to a small business. Yeah, not everybody's selling that. Okay. So, so I get that because when I got started, I lucked into a couple of those where first it was the auto body industry. I actually became Mm -hmm. the local guy that helped body shops, good money, dirty business. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Um, And of course, monetarily, I, I can't say too much about it, but Body shops weren't paying for their own stuff, but there was a lot of money for, for <laughs> body shops to you know buy computers and servers and stuff, and that kind of dried up. Right. But I had a secondary market of attorneys. Another great market. <laughs> I, I learned a, a couple of case management software, and once you know those, there you go. There's your there's your funnels for the right. vendor. They're going to push business your way. Law firms, hey, this worked for me. What? Why not try them for you? So I get that. And of course, right now the push is teams. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's a whole zoom industry out there right now that. I don't- and there is. And by the way, I'm, I've got, when I make these statements, cause I happen like in my own little business, I love zoom, right? I freely admit it. And why? Cause I've integrated other stuff into it. Like I've integrated into my other systems and my backend and my workflow for what I do. You would, I love to go. I'm a small business too. I run a media, little media company. Uh, so I, I am a customer almost more than I am an MSP or a vendor. I don't care which platform live in one of them. Live in one of those workplace areas and live in the knowledge systems. And as I said, don't spend don't spend so much time on this other stuff. That's that's commodity, not valuable stuff. <laughs> They're all fine. They're all fine. 
<laughs> okay. It's, you know. All right. So October was about the time you did that second piece there. So let yeah. me let me ask you, how much has mm-hmm. changed since last October? Yep. Well, so my second piece was this piece called Don't Start an MSP. And let me tell you, so by the way, let me freely admit, okay, I do podcasts and YouTube videos. Of course, I'm trying to write titles that get your attention. You know, like, yep. I'm, I'm not like I'm not dumb. I, like I always observe that. Like to Uncle Marv and DJ Dave, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Like so, guys, no, I'm coming from somewhere. But my statement, the reason I wrote "Don't Start an MSP" was, if you go run around and listen to every vendor in this space, they're going to tell you how amazing this business is. It's it's incredible, right? It's like the greatest thing ever. You're going to print money. The margins are great. It's monthly recurring revenue. It's amazing. Right? And then what they're not going to do is they're not going to talk. I'm sorry. You like the jazz for the, hands? For the listeners like out there that aren't watching the video, jazz hands. Jazz hands. Like, I, like, so, and I have to laugh and go like, so that's not wrong. I believe in the core value of what we're talking about. But let me also observe that this industry is way harder than it used to be. Like you are taking on serious risk when you are assuming security roles and security management for small businesses. You are the, the landscape out there is crazy dangerous. There are there are, uh, you know, hackers that are organized crime. Like we talk about it in very abstract terms. These are criminal gangs that are breaking into businesses, taking hostages and using weapons. It just happens to be done in non-physical space. Right. And you need to understand that you are fighting fire every single day. And by the way, assuming a ton of risk. And I've even had follow on pieces to talk about. Don't let the vendors make you hold all the risk. By the way, there's a ton of vendors out here, right, who will tell you, go sell cybersecurity. Like, go sell it. It's a great opportunity. And you read their contract, and they assume absolutely zero liability for any of it. Right. No skin in the game, guys. You have no skin in the game. And you are marching small providers out to fight that battle who do take the risk. And so my statements with don't start an MSP is don't start an MSP without understanding the risk of what services you're selling and assuming for your customers. That's why my important message here is, is everybody talks about, well, how important patch management is, right? If you screw that up and somebody gets a breach you are probably on the hook for that. And your margin of error as a small business is a lot smaller. One of the things I've been observing on all of these security things is that it is really easy for a big company to write a check and make the problem go away. They take a financial hit to the company, very rarely, if ever, to the actual people. The company takes a hit. The leadership all gets their bonus. Two, three, four years later, everything is fine with the company valuation and everyone is happy again. In a small business, this is existential threat. You are out of business, right? You, if you miss a payroll, you're kind of done. And that's, that's your, that's your le- uh, level of, of error and your margin of error. And so I re- my, my statement here is, is, again, not that I don't think this is a great space and that there is great opportunity. But don't just leap in and not understand what risk you're taking on without really examining it. 
Well, the risk is getting greater because things are changing. <laughs> insurance companies, you know, dealing with this whole area of cyber insurance, mm-hmm. they're now saying, well, we're not going to give you cyber insurance unless you can yes. prove that you are doing things to protect yourself. And that's going to be a big part of what we have to do. And it doesn't matter if we've got, you know, security as part of our signature block. Right. And don't remember, don't ever think the insurance, the insurance company is in the business of minimizing their own risk. I cover this all the time on the business of tech podcast in that they are talking continually that they cannot sustain the level of payout that they are doing right now. What that means is rates are going to go up and standards are also going to go up. Mm-hmm. They're not going to assume all the risk for you. They are still going to leave you holding some of that risk. That will be the level of standard you're holding to, as well as the amount of money you're coughing up for all of this. So, so you're, and you're exactly right. These are the, where the pressures are coming in. And I look at the space, right? And I say, okay, insurance companies are, are going to apply pressure. Regulators are going to apply pressure because you can't tell me state and local government isn't looking at saying, we're just going to let all this business tr- get, get completely obliterated, right? Protecting small business, that's bipartisan. <laughs> Everybody likes that one. Yeah. You know, and then on the other side, you've got vendors who are definitely not assuming this risk. And who's trapped in the middle? Small providers. And so for me, it's a, it's about having realistic conversations about what risk assumption you are willing to take. So I, I've been writing stuff feverishly, but I want to <laughs> harp on the one question you just made me think of. Vendor risk. Yep. Somebody, in my opinion, is going to have to push back and say that the vendors that are providing these products are going to have to start assuming some risk. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I might resell antivirus. I don't make it. <laughs> right. So, so why am I taking the risk? You've got – there's two angles to this, by the way. The first is, is, and all you vendors out there listening, there's competitive advantage here, right? You have deep pockets. You can write some of this off. Let me observe without endorsing, okay? I was very careful. Okay. Sentinel-1 Sentinel offers a warranty. They offer a million-dollar warranty on their product. Now, please do not take that as me saying, everyone go buy Sentinel-1. What I'm saying is there are vendors in the market that are putting some skin in the game, and I'm holding them up as an example of how one way that might be done, right? It's not just that they have software. They say, if it fails, we're, we have a million dollars of insurance for you. That's skin in the game, and right? That, that, <laughs> that makes me feel that, a lot better about you know using right. that product. Right. And by the way, as I said, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just observing that is a different strategy than antivirus XYZ, right? Whose end user license agreement says, good luck. <laughs> like, 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 good luck. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's one way of doing it. The other thing that I will, will observe is, is <laughs> this is just, and this is me kind of giving my full insight on this, right? Is MSPs, IT services providers, seem to forget oftentimes that they are the customer. You're the customer. You do not have to buy any of these things. You are the customer, and you can demand anything you want from the vendor. Now, they may not give it, right? But if enough people demand it and do not compromise on that, they will be forced to. And 
Too often I see providers who are just willing to sign away their lives because they think they must have something, that this is the only way that they could possibly do this. I've been I've been harsh on the RMM providers a lot recently. I but think a lot what? of people have. Right. But every MSP that I talk to goes, well, I got to have an RMM. Do you really, like, do you really think about it? Think about the problems that it's solving for you. Could you break that apart into different solutions? Could you approach that differently? Do you really want to offer that service? Can you rethink this? Can you maybe charge more for it, a different service? I could envision, right? And I'm not, again, we're riffing to get ideas. Okay. There's a high-end version of the service where you do that work by hand. By the way, let me call, let me call it out. The NSA patches by hand. Have you like if you think about the way they would patch an air-gapped system, they are doing that by hand. I can assure you of that. Mm. Right? Now they're paying a really large amount of money for that. <laughs> they are paying a really large amount of money for that. But what I want you to think is I want you to think creatively about that solution. Let me tell you, let me give you my perspective as a customer. So I run a little media company, right? If I were to talk to an MSP right now and they said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to install my RMM. I'm going to go, hell no, you are not. That thing is a ransomware vector. And how do I know this? Oh, I don't know, Kaseya. <laughs> or ConnectWise, or WebRoot, or all of the different versions of it that have been compromised. There is no way I'm letting you install that vector into my environment. Why? My IP is the stuff that I create. My podcasts, my writings, like that is literally the lifeblood of my business. There is no way I'm letting you have, that, have access to that through those tools. Now, if I need to, to do something... I will pay more for it, right? Like I will pay more to do another solution because that's my model of going to business. I spend money on IT so you thought you were the one you're going to lose power. It's me. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm Comcastic, baby. <laughs> awesome. Look at that. Told you there were tornadoes here. Wow. So, but failover internet. Failover power. Look at that. There you go. Um, IT my, my done right. Is, my point is exactly, but you see it. I will invest in things that deliver this solution and I will pay more for it. I'm not alone. There are customers out there. You can think of this differently. And I just want that to be, I just want that to be the way that people address this is think differently. Okay, what is? I'm sorry, I I, mean, I know you, I'm trying, I don't want to break your. What is happening there? Are you really losing power off and on? Yeah, or? We, we, I literally just had two brownouts. Nice. So so it, it, we had. I told you tornadoes came through. Clearly, maybe he's picking a power line near line, but I literally had just two brownouts while we're talking. Nice. So my computer, all the main stuff is on. Uh, so I don't know what it looks like, but my monitor flicks for a second as it, re, uh, as it reconnects. Oh, it looks like a combination of The Matrix and Haunted House. It's. <laughs> but do you still hear me talking? That's the main bit, right? Uh, right now, <laughs> yeah, I still hear you talking. So, 
cool. So, so Margaret, but that, but that's where my head's at, right? So my head is at, I want people rethinking these solutions and not holding on to 20 year assumptions about the way these services are, are, are being delivered. Okay. So let me go back and go back to the beginning where we talk about, you know, when we're looking for our solutions, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not just take what is presented in front of us. What is it that our customers need? And that's That's probably the question, (laughs) right? This is the great question. So start from the customer perspective. Start with what your customers need. I think they need more than just your IT will work. I just do. I think they need more than that. And I think they want you to be playing in their business layer and helping them make more money, cut costs, (laughs) you know, drive efficiency, like make differences in their business based on technology. It's a broad set of statements, but it covers the intention of where I'm going with this. And it's up to you to go a little further and figure out. Uh, what that you can talk about examples. Let's talk about your, uh, you know, like let's use your, your car shops, right? Let's use auto body as an example, yep. right? I don't know that industry, but I know if we can help them a service more cars in a day or help them spend less time potentially or, or save them cost. Right. So there's kind of two ways we can do that. Well, like, let me, let me, out, let me give you a couple of yeah. other things because I'll, I'll tell you okay. exactly what it was. It was yeah. how can they write better quality estimates faster? Right. Because there that was a big thing. The other thing was how can they identify where to get parts faster, especially if they're not coming from the big five, you know, a lot of stuff right. is aftermarket. So yep. they needed computers to do that. They needed fast internet. They needed their computers to work. Um, right. So those types but of things. But they also needed they also needed the systems, right? Like yes. the ability they needed to know like how to get into those systems. They needed them to be, you know, set up for them. They needed to be able to I, I don't know what the ordering system or the quoting system was specifically, right? But you helped select the quoting system, yep. making sure that the quoting system, the people in the environment were trained on it, that were constantly up, you know, getting advantage of the new features of that, like those services. I look and say, like, I want to see as many IT providers as possible have trainers on staff, people that train their customers on how to use technology better. I think that's a huge opportunity to and bundle that in and sell all that services, right? People will pay for that. Those are where I look and say, that's the stuff we make tons of money on. Right. Great value in that service. And you'll never be displaced, by the way. If you're the guy who every month is showing like, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting your quotes out 5% faster. We're going to do this training. We're going to be able to get two extra, three extra quotes a week out. They're going to write checks to you all day long. <laughs> well, that's exactly what it is. It's it's there. You know, we talk about the one-stop shop mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. that that is real. So if a right. customer knows that they can call you and you can get them results, that's where they're going to go. Right. And I just had – I'll be – here's a perfect example. I have a medical office where they were piecing out all sorts of stuff. They had a camera guy. They had a cable guy. They had all of this stuff. 
and they were trying to mix match it themselves. And I came in and said, look, I can get this done for you. And they were having an issue where, so the cable guy would just disappear on them. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, not the cable guy, the camera guy where he would just disappear. They would have cameras not working for three, four months at a time. And I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, we can do cameras for you. Oh, really? Well, you take good care of our computer, so maybe we'll trust you with that we'll too. Wait on that stuff. Right. <laughs> and right. they're like, well, by the way, can you find a cable guy? Because the cable guy we're trying to get to expand our new space can't get to us for another two weeks. And I said, let me make a call. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, we can get started for you in two days. So I got the whole project just because of that, you know, (laughs) and, you know, all those bundling of of services, like you said, that shows them value. You know, now they're not sitting around with empty space for two weeks. Right. You know, they're filling that space now with, with, you know, doctors and machines and stuff. Right. And which is why I want to, I'm I'm so pushing every IT provider to spend your time thinking about that stuff. That's the important thing. Your time spent there makes you money. <laughs> it drives revenue. It drives customer loyalty. Your customer does not care what backup system you use, what PSA you use, what RMM you use, what spam filter you use. All of these things that MSPs spend so much time debating, your customer does not care. <laughs> Just doesn't care. So go spend time on the things that make you money. Yep. So we spent a lot of time on kind of building the foundation of how you should think about starting the MSP. Right. For people that have been in the industry and have been, you know, stuck in the mud with these types of things and are talking about, you know, diminishing pro- you know, profit margins and, you know, all of this stuff. What types of things have you thought about in helping people truly pivot? Because if you're starting out, it's a lot easier to not worry about, you know, all these different things. But if you've been stuck in the mindset where I've had this, you know, for 15 years, this is my RMM, my PSA, you know, making that pivot, what are some thoughts you have on that? Yeah, it's really hard and you got to do it and don't overthink it sometimes. So, so let me, let me, Acknowledge that the things you did in the past made you money. They they grew your business, right? That is, you got to where you're at because of those things. That is to be celebrated, and then you move on from it. Because you need to think about what are the things that are going to drive my business today and tomorrow. Nobody's paying you on what you did Three years ago. <laughs> Welcome to business. Mm-hmm. Buck up, kiddos. That's how this works. <laughs> is This is both the innovator's dilemma, meaning that you've built a business and oftentimes you have to transition to the next business and recognize that it is hard and painful. And sometimes you will have to abandon things that worked in the past. Right. That is that is where you, you have to recognize that. It's also the fallacy of the sunk cost. Right. Everyone goes, well, I've spent I've got this all this sunk cost yet yeah, over done. Well, the faster you <laughs> stop sinking. Right. <laughs> the better you get, the better the off better you, you go. Yep. Right? You go to the forward. So celebrate the previous success 
and know those things are not necessarily what's going to get you to the next bit. Look, borrow borrow from some of the big companies. There's a reason why Jeff Bezos is famous for his day one mentality. Every day was day one at Amazon, right? Meaning it was the startup day. Yep. We think about every day fresh, and what do we got to do today and tomorrow? Not what we did yesterday, not what, like, every day is fresh. Celebrate your successes. That's great. I'm, I really, I would like, there's so many cool entrepreneurs in our space that have built real businesses and real relationships with their customers, and that is so to be celebrated. And then you have to think about what they need today and what they need tomorrow. All right. <laughs> That's a good concept. My thought on that is being from sports, yep. thinking in terms of every year or every season, doesn't matter what you did last year. You could have been the champion. Well, yep. there's a new season. Yep. So you got to start over. You got to, you know, you got to do your fundamentals. You know, mm-hmm. you got to do all your stuff. What's your game plan and analyze what worked really good before that will still work what didn't right. work and get rid of it. It's totally true. And it's totally true. And that, by the way, and, and changing and getting rid of it is not saying that was wrong. <laughs> that won the championship last year. That got you the win record for last year. It made all of last year's money. Now, what are we going to do next year? Right. Because everybody else is changing. The ransomware people mm-hmm. are, they're not sitting around thinking, oh, crypto didn't work last year. Let's I guess we're again. done. <laughs> right. I guess we're done. Like there and 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 exactly and it's exactly that. And the landscape changes. And by the way, all of us get into a lot of us got into technology because it's interesting and it changes all the time. And then we bemoan that it changes all the time. <laughs> just just under a certain degree, it's it is mental, right? Yep. Revel in it. Every day is a new every day is a new challenge. I get to figure out something new every single day and think about well, what that what might this be? That's exciting. If you're willing to embrace it, that's why we got into technology, right? We like playing with new things. We like trying things out. Don't get so hung up on what what worked before that you miss out on what's next. Right. All right. So, Dave, I've been asking you a lot of questions. Do you have any questions for me? So I I actually I always like a version of this. And I I will say, like, you know, I, I always like to sort of ask the where do you think I'm most wrong? Like you where do I think you're wrong? Yeah, where do you think I'm wrong? So I'll be honest. I'm not quite sure I think you are, except for the fact that while we may want to make changes and move and do this fundamental shift, what if the vendors don't do it? And, and, you're, and, and the, you know, your you're comment about, well, if, if, you know, if a bunch of us stick together and demand, 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 well, I'll be honest with you. My business isn't big enough for somebody to listen to me, which I think is a problem with this industry. There are a ton of MSPs that are sub 1 million that these vendors don't – I don't want to say they don't care about. But as these vendors keep getting bigger and bigger, they, they demand more minimums. They demand more contracts. They de- you know They are kind of driving mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And we're like, come on. How, how am I supposed to be able to support you know, my customer? This- Marvin, it is such a smart observation because you're 100% right. 
Right. And by the way, I, I've done for those who are interested, I've done a couple of videos on PE and how capital changes markets. I'm very focused on the financial incentives of this. And if anybody wants to talk to me, I'd love like lo I love providing insight where I can. Let me give you a thought that hopefully helps you out. With the proliferation of the cloud, we've seen actually more and more vendors that you, the solution provider, have to manage. The cloud has made things more complicated, not less. You have more vendors to manage. You have a little less technical work to do in some cases. You know, you're not building exchange servers. You're managing the Microsoft panel, right? Like, that's different. Most IT providers, like you say, and particularly in the sub-1 million range, really can only focus on two or three vendors. You really can only focus on two or three. Make sure you're focusing on the right two or three. Okay. And uh, now that I agree with, and it's, I can tell you, I can, I can hear the frustrations. I got a call today. I won't name the vendor. Yep. But it's, a, no, it's no need to name the vendor. No need to name. Well, no, we can, but I just don't want to, I just, you know, no, I, no, no, I don't, no, no need, <laughs> but I get calls all the time. And this vendor I've already spoken with, I tried their product and I, am staying put with what I, what I know, what I like. Yeah. And right. I can hear the frustration in their voice when they're like, well, can we set up a time to talk? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to change at least for X number of years or whatever. And it's just that whole frustration of, you know, I know what works. I've got my small grip on things that I'm going to keep, right. you know, I don't want to have to deal with another vendor just because yep. you're and trust your instincts, trust your instincts. Now back, back to a point, something we talked about earlier in this, spend your time thinking about your customers, not the vendors. That's not your problem. They will be just fine. Trust me. I work for vendors. <laughs> I understand the, 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 they will be just fine. Yep. They have plenty of money. They will be just fine. They will because because legitimately, and, and this is an interesting, this is the interesting paradox of this. They care about you, but in aggregate. Right? They want to make sure they have enough of you in their stable to make sure that they are growing the way they need to. Right. So they do care. They care about you as a customer, but not enough individually. Because by the way, that's super hard to do. If you've got 20, 30,000 customers, somebody caring about every single individual one on an individual basis, just is incredibly hard to do. <laughs> like okay. But in uh, that vein, let me ask this and hopefully yeah. it won't throw you too far off track, but as vendors get bigger yeah. and MSPs get bigger, Yep. Will there come a point in time where the small vendor and the small MSP are going to be gone? So I get asked this question a lot. Okay. And I will give everybody I will get I will give actually who you know who asks this a lot is investors in this space. Okay. I I will give everyone a little bit of insight. I field calls from investors. I have a I I like I talk to investors of people looking at this space. And here's what I always tell them. I said are small, did small CPAs go away? Think about the CPA business. There are big nationwide firms. Mm -hmm. There are regional CPAs. And there are small 
individual CPAs. And there's a space for everybody. Now, there's then this makes sense, a lot of sense to me. There's a space for everybody. You can be a really good local CPA and serve your customer base, particularly because you're going to be focused on personalized service. You're going to know your customers really well. You're going to be engaged really closely. And then there's H&R Block, right? right? There's like H&R Block that handles nationwide CPA services at all different sizes. And then there's accounting firms for really big companies, because just like they're managed services firms for really big companies, and there's nation, there will be nationwide chains in this space. I believe there will be enough space for everybody. But particularly on the smaller end, what's going to be more important is your focus on your customers, less so on your vendors. Okay. I do want to quickly acknowledge uh, something that Chris said, and this goes back to what we were talking about. He says, we all love paying a monthly fee for the privilege of being allowed to sell a product before you have one client. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. Look, this, this is where you're exactly right. Like, and, and by the way, I will say the market, particularly if you look in SaaS applications, in cloud that is all about easy onboarding, paying by the month. Yeah. To your point, can you can you make a change? You can always switch vendors. You don't. There are there is there are spaces for people that are doing things differently. There are lots of this is a really fun space. I cover it a lot, you know, in terms of like the the, the different vendors. I'm seeing lots of new upstart little vendors that are trying different. They're hungry and they are flexible and they're all in on e-commerce and they're all in on automatic acquisition and you can just sign up and try their stuff. If you're not getting what you want out of your vendor, you're not stuck with them. No. You are the you are the customer. But you, you use, never forget you are. But you use them until they get bought. But but that is but actually that shouldn't be your decision making. It's not about the bot. It's about the way they are going to market. The reason everyone freaks out about when somebody gets bought is they think it's going to change. It never changes that fast. It's never on the day of the acquisition that everything changes. You have to, you simply, everyone just assumes it's all going to go wrong. There are track records. I'm not. This, this <laughs> I was gonna say, there are some. <laughs> but actually, if you, if you dig into that process, as by the way, for those who know my history, I've been through this, right? I've been through it a couple of times. It never is overnight. It's never overnight. It always takes a lot longer to make to make the to make the changes. And you have plenty of time to understand the arcs of the way these businesses are moving. It's 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 like the slow Zamboni on a on an ice rink. Like this is coming at you really slow. <laughs> you well, have plenty and, of time. And I've been through some of them and to be honest, I waited out the changes and some changes I haven't made because right. it still works for me. It's the same product on the acquisition day that it was the day before. Yeah. All right. So was that your only question for me? I looked like you had a two-parter. Well, I, I always like to start with that because I because as, as I started from the beginning of this podcast is, is I don't necessarily claim to be right. There's lots of people in our space, right, who claim to have all the answers that will come out and say, like, I've got a I have the solution for you. That's not me. I have tons of opinions. <laughs> Tons of them. 
and I will give you my opinion and I will tell you the data that it's based off of. That's why I, I love, love doing what I'm doing now, because I dig into data and I spend a ton of time analyzing it. And then I present an opinion of why I think this is important. If you think I'm wrong, more power to you, like 100 percent more power to you because you've been presented the information to make something different, which is why I always ask that question. Marmore, do you think I'm wrong? Because I want to hear it. Because it's fun to get the get the juices flowing on the discussion. Well, it's good to have discussion, and you know we both get the opportunity to learn something, exactly, and come at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Because and, and all that matters is you executing in your business, yeah. <laughs> right? That's that's all that matters is you go forth into your business, you go be successful, you deliver for your customers, you build a business that you're proud of that helps you know feed your family, meet your personal financial goals, and help your customers. Go forth. <laughs> That's what it's all about, folks. And if you want to get more of this lovely insight and you want to start going over to the business of tech, and I looks like I spelled the website wrong. No, business, <laughs> no. business yeah. of business dot of tech. dot tech. That's it. Yeah. So uh, business of dot tech. And you can get more of Dave Sobel over there, his daily podcast where he gives you news and insights and a little bit of analysis to go with it. And he's not always right. <laughs> I, have to be, I equip. I have to be right 51% of the time. <laughs> well, that's better than uh, having to live with the, you know, you mentioned the scenarios of, you know, as an MSP, you know, we can be right 364 days out of the year, but the one day that we don't get it right customer loses a backup or gets hit with ransomware you know, they they take us to task on that it's a rough it's a rough business and it's one of the things and i love that you bring it up because this is important to remember i want everyone to start spending more time on planning for the failure the failure is going to happen rather than say i need to be right every day you need to have a very clear plan for what's going to happen on the day that you fail because it unfortunately will happen. The adversary yeah. is too good. And so rather than spend all of this time on, we must be perfect, build your plan to know exactly how you're going to handle it on the day that it goes wrong. Well, the whole idea of a disaster recovery plan is, you know, to plan for those days. And it's, it, you're right. It is going to happen. Somebody or everybody will get ransomware at some point right. in time. <laughs> at some it's, point in time. Oh, right. Man. And so so rather than shake our heads at it, understand how you're going to deal with that. Yeah. You know, just 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 know what your plan is. We're going to get hit. This, you know, this two pieces of software are going to fire to try and stop it. When they fail, this is our backup solution. This is our recovery plan. It takes us a day to put a business back together. Lay all of that out with the, with with your customers. Say we're expecting this is going to happen. This adversary is just too good. Yeah. But here's how we're going to handle it the day that it happens. So they go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's how you handle it. Yeah. I found one of the best things, and I haven't gotten mine completely where I want it yet, but a checklist. And you know how a lot of times people have checklists of what to, what to do when you're in an accident? You know, yep. after 911, call 411 or, you know, and then, you know, call your insurance and call this and, you know, get your pictures and pull up. You know, we need to have those types of checklists for us and tell the customer that, listen, at some point in time, there will be an accident. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if something's going to go, internet's going to go down. Backup's not going to work. You know, there will be something. It's what do we do when it happens to get you back up and running as quickly as possible. Exactly, and that's and that's and people need to spend more time on that. Okay, and I and I be, I believe that that you know, a lot of providers will be very very well served on that effort. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so as we end off here, I do want to go back. I I had a an idea that I will have to talk about it another time. But I, when you were talking about the margin of error that people have to <laughs> consider, so I have margin of error, margin of risk versus margin of profit. Ooh, I love this. Marvin, anytime <laughs> you want to talk about it, that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> so that's a note. We'll uh, figure that out. But now let's go ahead and start to end off the show here, folks. You have been listening to Dave Sobel from MSP Radio host of the Business of Tech podcast, and Dave, are you staying through to the post show? Of course. Okay. hang out. All right. So for those of you that are watching live, stay with us here as we end off the show. Uh, for those of you listening by audio, you'll have to come watch us live Wednesdays at 8 p.m., and we are on Facebook and the YouTube, and you can just follow us any way you can. And let's see here. Oh, Florida man versus the world or random question. Did you plan for oh, that? I feel I'm feeling random. Marvin. <laughs> Always feeling random. Feeling random. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's head over to where is my website here. Let's get the random question generator. And that's my dashboard. I don't need to see that right now. There's my tropical storm Fred tracker. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> yep. And here we go. All right. So this is obviously truly random because I did not have it up when we got started. I assumed that Dave would go Florida man, but here is the random question. Oh, what age do you want to live to? Oh, so... I'm going to, the answer is, is as long as I humanly can. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be happy at 110. Uh, but I want my, I, but, and so, but I want my answer to be more the, the, as I want to try and live each day where if this one's the, if this one's the last one, I'm okay. I did all right. Okay. Because I like to, I like to think about it that I want to, I'm not in any rush to go away. I want to live to 110. Uh, but I really try and make sure that if today's, if today was the last day, I did an all right job. All right. Well, I want to do 99 if I'm healthy. Good one. I like that. I just, I just picked that. You know, it used to be I thought I, I would I'll just do 100. But mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you get to 100, you want to go further. Because you don't just want to stop at 100. You don't want to get, you know, announced by, you know, the new Willard Scott. I don't know who's doing his deal. Is Al Roker still doing it? Who's doing the Smucker? Yeah, the Smucker's uh, 100. Be, be 100. Yeah, I, I'm totally up for that. I want to be on a jam jar, man. I'm <laughs> totally up for that. I don't know if I do. As, I long, as, I'm, as long as I'm healthy. Okay. As long as I'm healthy. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, let's go ahead and end off here. Dave Sobel, MSP Radio, and uh, we are going to continue on through the post show for those of you watching live. For everyone else, we will see you next week and if you are listening by audio we will have a drop here pretty soon remember head over to podnutspro.com 
and sign up for the Summer Tech Series giveaway. Again, no purchase is necessary. You just simply put your name and email address in there, and you can qualify for one of the prizes that we'll give away. That prize drawing, by the way, folks, will be done live on September 1st at 8 p.m., you do not have to be present to win, so it's not like I'm trying to trick everybody to watch the show. Um, but, again, just fill out your name and email address. Hopefully fill out some questions. Tell us how we're doing, good and bad, and uh, look forward to seeing everybody then. That is going to do it. Dave, any last words? I think we did a great job on this one. Thanks for having me, Mara. All right. That's going to do it, folks. We'll see you next time. And until then, holla. <laughs>